On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's really, I, my recording style is very naive. I just do what I do, and um, it's really crazy that people have kind of come up to me and have these crazy uh, theories and explanations behind the stuff I'm doing. It's very naive, and there's not much thought. It's just I kind of do it. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty average person. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. Got my brother Travis with me. Welcome back, dude. It's been a couple weeks. Oh, hey. Mr. Podcast here. You got got a podcast going on with your company now, huh? Oh, okay. I can, I can give you, drop that. I'll give you a little shout out. Yeah. So if you're interested at all in web development, web design, web accessibility, or just tech in general, check out 600 Pixels. That's 600px. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can't find us on iTunes right now. Do you want to know why, Q? No. Because Apple has a broken form on their podcast submission uh, page. Oh, so we got in... Uh just in time, huh? I don't know how long it's been broken, but I can't be the first one to bring that to their attention. But I, I, you know, I filled out the contact form and like sent them a screenshot of like the, the error in the in the code that I saw. I was like, "What the yeah. fuck, man?" You know, it's just always surprising when you when you stumble upon a bug like that on a company like Apple or or Google or something like that. It's like, man, what are y'all doing over there? Yeah. But anyway, well, it'll be on it'll be on iTunes at some point. But you can check us out on SoundCloud. I, I think it's a cool idea to to do that, like within a company, just for shits and grins. Yeah, it's just you know we have so much talent at our company that you know might as well flip on a microphone and record people. You know, and plus we're trying yeah, to we're trying cool. to reach out to people outside of our company too. But anyway, six hundred px. Uh, there is a website six hundred px fm. And you can check us out there. Thanks for letting me plug Ola that thing, dude. <laughs> uh, so usually uh, I briefly mention who we're talking about when uh, when it's, we start recording. But I always feel like I talk for like five, ten minutes before you even get a word in. And that's weird because I introduce you and then just keep talking. Uh, today we're covering Washed Out. And uh, he is one of the first... Uh, on the scene for the chill wave um, genre of music that we are very familiar with um, because it turns out that chill wave, first off, it just came out of nowhere, um, the term. And it was one of the first genres to kind of have its movement on the internet, 
only with like MySpace um, and whatnot, Bandcamp. Y- yeah, where where the popularity of of these bands were fueled by music blogs, and yeah, like you said, like MySpace and Bandcamp stuff like that. And you and I were right smack dab in the middle of it, dude. Yeah, music, uh, we had our own I music mean, blog at the time. Music blogs were just a dime a dozen back then, man. And we were one of those dimes, you know. Yeah. Or we were one of, the, one, of those, one of those dozen, I guess, not one of those dimes. But. Fucking Burp FM. Yeah, I mean, there were a ton of yeah. them out there. Man, Gorilla vs. Bear, are they still a thing? I don't know. That's nutty but... if it is. Yeah, they're still <laughs> around, dude. They are still around. Gorilla vs. Bear, best albums of 2018. They haven't had a site update since we were last checking it out. How do they do, how do, they do it? Hey, man, I mean, there was no reason why New Dust couldn't have, have kept going. I just... At the time, didn't have the uh, didn't have the the knowledge to uh, keep those hackers out of our database. So yeah. So uh, washed out. I feel like was the first chillwave artist that I became familiar with, and this is one guy. His name's Ernest Weather. Is it Weatherly? Ernest Weatherly Green Jr. Um, and that little intro clip I played was him kind of just trying to bring the point across that like i'm nothing special like i think it's funny that you know people are writing about my music and and you know trying to pick it apart like like you know like it's all planned but like i'm there's no real uh like formula you know i'm just kind of messing around on my laptop at home and you know this is kind of what came out did Um, he did he that that clip was that from early early on in his career because it must have been right yes okay yeah like 2010 or something like that so his the album of his that kind of like made him uber famous in a very short time was an ep called life of leisure that came out in 2009 i want to say that interview was yeah around that time or maybe 2010 but the reason I I picked that clip is because, kind of like like we're saying, like Chillwave just kind of like it doesn't really mean anything, but it it's it's kind of in that hypnagogic pop vein which we've talked about a lot of times. I think the word chill is is appropriate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the word Chillwave, wave. You know, the word wave is usually used to like to accompany like a new a new sound you know like new wave back in the day right so i can kind of see why chill wave became a like a term because it's like it's just really you know laid back like leisurely type of music you know chill music yeah yeah. you know usually very hypnagogic even though it doesn't really mean anything i can see i can see where the where the term came from so actually we can point to exactly where did somebody coin it like is there a dude that coined it yeah it was just another music blogger like us uh a guy that goes by the name carls um he's kind of an anonymous blogger he had a website called uh, hipster runoff i remember that it was a it was a site that was active between 2008 and 2013 pretty much the exact time that's the same yeah so um he said he basically was just throwing a bunch of silly names on a blog post, uh, like when he, as he was typing it up and just kind of picked one that stuck. Um, some other names that he proposed for the genre, chill Brocore, mm. post and co rock as an animal collective. 
Huh. Conceptual Blogcore and Post Electro. Um, I can see why Geowave uh, stuck. Yeah, so the post that he wrote, um, the way he wraps it up, he says, I feel like Chillwave is supposed to sound like something that was playing in the background of an old VHS cassette that you found in your attic from the late 80s, early 90s. That falls in line with that hypnagogic pop uh, genre that we've talked about before with Tycho. And so like I had mentioned, Chillwave was one of the first genres to acquire an identity online. So um, it's an example of linking musical trends by internet outlets rather than geographic location. Um, you know, so in the past, musical movements were once determined by a city or venue. You know, think about the, the punk rock scene um, with uh, its origins in like New York City and, you know, um, all the bands that, that burst out of uh, the UK in the 60s. Now it's just some blogger or journalist that can find three or four random bands around the country, tie them together with a few commonalities between them, and call it a genre. And I think that's a good point because I, I can't, I can't define ex- really exact, like exactly how Chillwave sounds. You know, I mean, yeah, there's definitely like defining characteristics of it. Like you, you know it when you, you know it when you hear it. You know. Yeah, for me, Chillwave is washed out, and I think that might just be because of how important that his uh, Life of Leisure EP was for us at that time. You know, he was the first one that really caught attention, and like the first time we associated a sound with the word Chillwave was listening to Washed Out. Or at least for me, it was. Yeah. So some precursors to the style. Um, so there's a pretty good article on Pitchfork about, you know, this guy kind of dives into what he sees and hears as maybe like bands that, that these chill wave artists must have been influenced from. Um, band called Slow Dive that was around in the late 80s, early 90s, who I'd never heard of. And I think we're going to do our sidetrack on them, dude. They're kind of like this blissful, like kind of shoegazy, uh, like new wave band. Um, their singer really sounds like how Ernest sings um, in Washed Out. Uh, Casino versus Japan, Boards of Canada, Ariel Pink. We've covered Boards of Canada as well. We did them as a sidetrack early on. They are definitely in that hypnagogic pop uh, style, you know? Yeah. Where, like, it, it does sound like like you can hear, like, warps from an old tape cassette, you know, or, or VHS recording. It, that's kind of what it conjures up to me. Um, so another quote from, I believe this is from that pitchfork article. Uh, if there's anything that sets this current wave of chill apart from the long list of acts who've struck the same tones before, it's the way it's made that visual sense work to its advantage. These musicians can sound like as many blurry, danceable, blissed out classics as they like, but when we listen to them, we don't think about other music. We leap straight to images, TV shows, beaches, sunglasses, sunglasses, animation styles. So we're not covering one album today. I wanted to play a select few songs from three of his releases. I didn't know this, but right before Life of Leisure came out, he released another 
full-length album called High Times. Um, actually, the intro song that I faded us in with was track four off of that one. It's called, um, or I'm sorry, track two. It's called Good Luck. Um, so I kind of wanted to show just kind of how he evolved uh, even just in the two years between the three. So his first legitimate full-length was released a couple years later after Life of Leisure came out. It's called Within and Without. So let's play some tunes. Um, the first one I'm going to play is track four on High Times. Uh, again, this came out in 2009. So this song is called Olivia. That that does sound like like a soundtrack to a '80s uh, action film, you know? Yeah, I mean it's this it's the heavy like synth keyboard. Yeah, stuff. and it sounds like he's using old keyboards, you know, and like old drum uh, drum machines and stuff. Yeah, that's that hypnagogic pop, man. And it's you know something that's interesting. It's this he's very similar, like the traje- trajectory that um Tycho has as like as a musician and growing as a musician is almost exactly the same as Ernest you know it was just a, a bedroom setup to begin with and since then Washed Out has evolved and it's a full band now same with Tycho and what he's doing um but yeah it was just a again like a the DIY bedroom recordings um he said he just had a few mics set up in his room he would use uh, the program Reason to record and arrange and sequence. And then he would have his guitar and a MIDI keyboard, and that was it. So that's what he did uh, all the way up to uh, Within and Without, which uh, came out in 2011. So, yeah. And he says, the, um, you know, like kind of like in that intro clip, you're saying, you know, like, there's no really, like, there's no formula. There's this, you know, this is just the music that I'm making. He says, an average washed out song kind of goes like this. I'll pull a small little piece of like a sustained note from like an old 70s disco song. And then he'll transpose it onto his keyboard and play it like a synthesizer, you know, so he can play whatever note he wants Mm -hmm. from that uh, sample. So 70s disco, you know, it's it's those keyboard synth vibes. So, yeah, he's not even he's not even really like making the, the, the sound like the origin of that sound. Like it's, it really is lifted out of the seventies or eighties, you know? Yeah. More producing than, than 
actually recording his own stuff. Yeah. yeah at least early on. They're kind of like, yeah, remixing or repurposing, you know? Yeah. But he also, like, has a really unique voice. I mean, it's, you know, it's not really a, much of a singing voice, but it's the way that he, like, the slight reverb on it and all that stuff is really what makes it memorable, I think. I mean, honestly, like, his music is, is the kind where, like, I would... I'd want to hear the instrumental version of, of this album, you know, because his, yeah. his music is, is great with or without his voice, you know? Yeah. There's just something about his music. His music is definitely, it kind of puts you in a headspace. Um, yeah. At least for me, it's good night, nighttime, you know, night drive kind of music. So are we not going to play uh, feel it all around? No, but we're going to play a little bit of new theory. Okay. Which is, because Feel It All Around is a single. Sure. Um, I want to play New Theory. So we're going to jump to Life of Leisure, which, again, came out a week after High Times. So this was all stuff that he had already had, you know. Um, a lot of this, these two EPs come across as ideas for songs. Like, a lot of them just kind of end abruptly. Um so I think that's probably, you know, that might be why he also was super surprised at how he just blew up, you know? I don't think he was expecting it at all. So New Theory is one of my favorite songs of his. Um, and yeah, let's, let's give it a listen. This is track two off of Life of Leisure. <laughs> something so like dreamy about that one and like kind of hypnotic go ahead i was gonna say that like the most dreamiest of dreamy uh tame impala songs i think is uh is uh did you say tame impala shit i'm trying i'm looking at tame impala tickets right now that's why i said that Uh. tame impala is coming to dallas and i'm having a hard time believing that i can't buy like the pit tickets right now dude Mm, I'm sorry, because I don't want to. I don't want to be sitting in the in the fucking nosebleeds. Uh, anyway, so it's the other really big song from that EP. Feel it all around. That's like the quintessential like dreamy, to me at least, dreamy vibe, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. I think what makes it that way, and you know, so one of the other precursor bands, you know that that comes to mind animal collective. And I think what it is, is the repetitiveness of, of the songs, you know, it, 
everything loops and kind of adds on top of each other. It's kind of like down tempo in that sense, but it's that mixed with like that hazy, the hazy vibe with like the fuzziness of, of the effects that he puts on these loops that he makes. And then like the kind of washed out, <laughs> washed out, the kind of the washed out vocals, um, that he has, uh, yeah, there's just something about it. So I'm going to read a quote, um, from someone who interviewed him in 2010 that I really like. It's kind of long, but I like, I like what he says here. And it kind of, I think it describes the feelings you get when listening to a washed out song. Uh, he says, I first listened to washed out seven months ago now. Ernest Green's dream pop made sense to me at 2 a.m. in my bitter house by the sea. Winter was befitting, so it came as a surprise when the sun started rising earlier and I was still listening. These hazy pop songs shifted in meaning, and as summer approached, I felt a cadence in the way that I listened to them. I was blown away because every song felt relevant at every moment throughout every season. Ironically, it was the clarity in these hazy compositions that struck me as so extraordinary. It just all made sense. It all made sense. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's funny that the clip that you played of him saying that, like, yeah, I'm kind of confused why people are listening to my music and talking about it and stuff. I mean, there is still sort of a, like, an amateur quality to it. Yeah. But like he absolutely. tapped, he, you know, he sort of tapped into the sound that, that, uh, we like, you know, it was one of those like perfect timing type scenarios, right? Where it's like yeah. we were just in the mood for this hip, hypnagogic sound, you know, this like, you know, I mean, right now, especially like nostalgia is, is a moneymaker right now, you know? Oh yeah. Big time. Absolutely. With, with yeah, shows like stranger things and stuff. I mean, of course this was like almost a decade earlier, but like this was when, you know, that's that kind of thing started, you know? Yeah. Our, our generation, like we're, we're the adults now, you know, yeah, in the world. Right. Uh, we're making all the shows. We're making all the music. We're all about it, man. Um, but like tapping we into saying, our childhoods, just, man. Well, yeah, just cause it's so easy to do that, you know, right. Go on, go on YouTube. You can watch, three hours of of 90s commercials if you want yeah <laughs> you know? exactly it's nuts dude yeah nutty but um yeah like you were saying it was kind of just the right just perfect timing uh chaz bundick who is the who is toro imwa mm-hmm. uh he says he felt that chill wave did its thing and once it became a thing people stopped caring about it even the artists making it so especially when you listen to old versus new Toro Imwa, his, uh, his sound evolved a lot. Oh yeah. He, I mean, um, he's, he's pretty, um, he has a pretty wide range. I mean, it's mostly, I mean, he did, he sort of borrowed from uh, unknown, unknown mortal orchestra and did like a jazz, like a jazz concept type album. Oh dude. my, my favorite, uh, album of his, um, he teamed up with this, uh, these twins, they they go, um, they're the the Matson twins. Yeah, that's what I'm talking um, about. That's exactly the album dude, I'm talking about. But it's, I fucking it, love that. Yeah, album, it's kind man. of like more experimental and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, more psychedelic. Yeah, I, I think I, I I I don't know if we kept this in the the episode or not, but I was talking about how when I think of 
Chill Wave, it's Washed Out, and it's Toro y Moi, because they both came out around the same time. But I, yeah. I, I think Toro y Moi um, is the more, like, I guess, successful of the two, it seems like. I think, yeah, I, I agree. But I think uh, that's I think just it's because, because he, he's he's been able to evolve yeah, he's, his sound. Yeah, he's willing to go different places. Did, have you listened to any of his new stuff, um, uh, Washed Out? Any of his new, new stuff? Because I have. Uh, I listened to a few songs from his latest album, uh, which is called Mr. Mellow. Came out two years ago. Yeah, what uh, are, some, that's kind of a, he's almost making fun of it himself, you know, in a way like Mr. Mellow. It's there's some weird songs on there. Um, it's it's different, but this he's definitely still there. You know, like it, it's still his 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 sound. He hasn't really evolved too much, but no. So let's let's jump to the next song, because uh, this one might be my my second favorite off of life of leisure there's a really awesome uh bass line on this song uh so this is track five on the record life of leisure it is called lately Yeah, I've always really liked the uh, the bass line in that song. Like he did a great job with that. Yeah, and I wonder yeah, if make- uh, if that's uh, you know, he's, I mean, he said he was just messing around on his laptop, so I guess that's a that's a synthesizer or whatever that's making that bass sound. Yeah, that's a good bass. Yeah. Uh, you know, good good sounding bass. You know, in that in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said you know, really, all he had was again like his recording software guitar and keyboard um when you started out um let's jump to within and without this one came out on our birthday brother uh in 2011 and this was his first again his first full length it came out on sub pop um there's some great songs on this album as well and this he started working with um musicians in this one so uh, there's violin in, in some of the songs. Um, really good stuff. I think, I feel like Within and Without is, is Ernest Green and, you know, washed out, fully realized. Um, we're going to do track five on this one. It's called Far Away. You say you 
That's interesting. The uh, string, the string sound that he sampled in there. So that's not sampled. That's um, that is Heather Macintosh. Okay. There's there's quite a lot of musicians uh, on this album. He's got a bass player. He's got someone actually playing drums for one of the songs. Uh, he has another vocalist on one of them as well. So yeah, um, yeah. He just kind of. So I think part of it was he wanted to be able to recreate his music live, you know, and and do that more effectively. So he, you know, he didn't want to just continue to have what felt like DJ sets where he was just standing in front of his laptop on stage, you know, so he brought in other musicians to help, help him do his, uh, his live shows. And that's kind of how he evolved. I feel like that's probably similar to how Tycho was too, you know? Yeah, sure. So, Hmm. Want to play another song, dude? I don't have one lined up, but um, sure. We yeah, we're kind of moving moving right along here. Uh, there's another really great song on Within and Without that I really like. It's um way more mellow. Um, let me just pull up my Spotify, and we'll get going on that. All right, so this is another song off of Within and Without. It's called Soft.
Great song. I love the dancey, you know, repetitive drum beat, and I like that bass line. Yeah, that that sounded more like upbeat than most of his stuff, you know. Yeah. Now, can I say something that, that might be unpopular here? Go for it. I'm not really a fan of his voice. That you're probably not alone in that, dude. And maybe that's but, why I like Toro Imoa a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I just feel like he. Um, I don't think he really has a, a a good singing voice, and that's why he he layers on those effects, you know. But what I like about it is that he's being he's being true to himself. You know, he wants he wants to sing. Okay, so yeah, sure. He sings. Yeah, I know that's 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 fine. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, that's sure. But I'm just saying, like, like I tune into his music, like to hear the melodies and stuff that he does. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I just feel like it, it hits his voice and like the way he does his vocals is pretty like, um, uh, one note. I guess I don't know. Like it's you know what? very like that the same. That might be what kind of kept him kept him back from from being able to evolve i mean that's what I'm saying like you said yeah he, he you know he puts these these effects on his voice and that's that's what washed out is and you can't you know he's kind of limited to to what else he can do yeah but you know what dude? He, you know what stop don't sing you know well, that's the thing it's like yeah. he, he he does a great he does great uh music great uh melodies and whatnot you don't yeah. have to sing but hey like you said dude you know what he's doing what he wants to do yep if he wants to sing, he's going to sing. But anyway. So that's Washed Out. That's Chill Wave. I, let's say we're wrapping up, brother. So what's on the what's on the horizon? What's our next full-length album? Let me bust out the my notes. Totes? Okay, so do you want to do Underworld? Yes, dude. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Cool. They were kind of a, on a, like a, they're probably French. I don't know. Dance, like disco dance kind of club, like house music. Yeah. I'm very interested to see kind of what their origin story is and, and maybe dig into that scene, whatever scene they were part of, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So we'll kind of stick in the, to the dance vibe. Uh, so as always, you can, Hop us, hop, hop us out. <laughs> as, as always, uh, hop on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There we've got show notes and we've got um, players for all of our episodes. You can, you can stream us on SoundCloud directly from our website. Peruse the uh, show notes and uh, all that fun stuff. You can find us on any, uh, any uh, podcast streaming app we should be up on there and um so for our outro uh, i had read somewhere that that uh panda bears album from 2007 person pitch uh is credited uh with launching the chill wave style so panda bear noah lennox he's one of the members of animal collective um and it's that ambient repetitive melodies you know that that is uh dominant in in his album person pictures is i think it's an album we should definitely cover at some point 
Um, so we're going to outro us out with the opening track on that album. Let's do it. Which is a song called Comfy in Nautica. All right. So until next time, thank you as always for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Take care. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.